0: Good afternoon, Australia. Good evening, America. And good morning, Jerusalem, Moscow, and anyone else listening from Europe. Welcome back to Radio Tony. This is the Everyday Business Show, and I'm your host, Tony Lontis. We have an amazing guest for you today. But before I introduce you, just to let you know, those listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you will have the delightful payo in the Philippines watching out for your comments and questions and ready to send you any links that you need from the information on the show today. If you don't get those links or if you're listening whilst driving in the car, pop over to RadioTony.com and you will find all the information on our wonderful guest today, Amir Michelle. Now, don't forget, if you miss the live of this show, you can always catch up across Binge TV in the U.S., And the Tony TV channel app is now available on all LG, Samsung and Roku uh, smart TVs across the world. Now, to tell you about my amazing guest this afternoon, Mr. Amir Michelle. He is a second generation investor and he witnessed key renovation secrets at the tender age of 10. By the age of 16, Amir immersed himself in developing his investor mindset, starting with just $5,000 and the benefit of training in financial planning at a big four Australian bank. Amir invested in regional New South Wales, Tasmania and Western Australia. After consecutive years and a six-figure incomes and extending into a seven-figure profit from real estate, Amir became a real estate agent. Now Amir works purely as a buyer's agent, negotiating on behalf of the buyer. He's the author of a wonderful series called Where's the Bee's Blueprint, including how to appeal to a vendor that isn't ready, renovate the sale master short-term accommodation without becoming a part-time cleaner, write an options contract, grow on LinkedIn, market using uh, Clubhouse on Android and Apple ISO, monetize on Facebook, attract on Instagram, and securely grow your income in property without becoming a landlord. It's a fantastic series from Emiya. Um, and he specialises in the region within a three-hour drive of Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane CBDs. So here's just what some people are saying about Amir. Because we chose a property in Australia, because our Chinese parents told us that it was a great investment and it would secure our retirement wealth, we chose Amir Michelle as our buyer's agent because we didn't want to risk trying to purchase A large investment. There's a lot of money involved, and we felt if we didn't have the level of expertise required to purchase confidently, we found Amir through a referral from someone we knew. I didn't want to Google someone I didn't know. Um, Amir helped with the uncertainty and also spent a lot of time with us and made us feel really comfortable. We were time poor and didn't know where to look for a property. We appreciated Amir's expert opinion at the time. Amir cut through the noise and got straight to the point. We didn't want to listen to the media as we felt it was giving us the wrong advice. In the end, Amir was very patient with us. And as a result, we're very pleased with our purchase. Thank you, Amir, from Kelly and James in China. Welcome to the show, Amir. I'm so grateful to have you on with us this afternoon. And I want you to tell the audience all about your real estate estate insight and your story. And so I thought at the start at the beginning and as a 10 year old, did you have visions of what you wanted to create as an adult or they were just starting to evolve at 10?
1: Well, Tony, look, thank you very much for
2: that great introduction. And uh, I'll start off by saying that uh, obviously James and Kelly are in Australia. So originally, yes, they are from China, but, um, yeah, they're living in Australia at the moment. And the the 10-year-old question you asked was, well, imagine if you're a 10-year-old sitting cross-legged and watching what your parents are doing. So that was the experience that Mm -hmm. I had, just sitting there reading a, a book Back in those days, and this is really when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and I was a little younger.
1: Yeah. Um, no.
2: <laughs> yes. I was reading a book, and my father was lifting carpet off an old house that uh, my parents bought. Yes. And I said to him, "Well, Dad, why are you? Why did you buy a house with such old carpet?" And my father looked at me and said. Uh-huh. You know Amir the house will always be a walking distance to Bondi Beach. And in Sydney Bondi Beach is one of the great attractions. But the
1: carpet
2: will be gone today. But the most important thing in real estate is location, location, location. And I guess that kind of stayed with me. And that dusty old carpet was gone by the end of that day, but it's really that little learning that Sparked in me, I yeah. guess, a, a love of investing in real estate, but also knowing where to buy and what to buy.
0: Mm. I can imagine, Amir, that a property in Bondi back then would have been wonderful to purchase based on today's prices. I don't suppose he still has the house.
1: <laughs>
2: no, no, it's, um, I think my parents kept it for a, uh, more than a decade. So perhaps it was even two decades that they kept the house, but it is something where they bunny hopped from one to another. And a lot of people mm-hmm. think, well, how can I start without having a huge deposit yeah. to get into the property market? And the reality is that yeah. your first purchase isn't going to be the thing that you end up with, but it will be something that potentially when it grows, your, your, Percentage ownership of it becomes larger yeah. simply by the increase mm-hmm. of the value, and the bank's ownership of it becomes smaller and smaller as the,
1: the yes. intrinsic value increases.
0: Fantastic. Um, so obviously you learnt from your parents a few bits and pieces. You did some education in financial planning, Um what and you did the real estate, and then you went into becoming a buyer's agent. So, just for our audience this afternoon, can you explain what a buyer's agent is and why it was that you swapped onto that path versus a conventional real estate path?
1: Oh, that's
2: that's quite a large question, Tony. Um, so, I guess from a <laughs> From a definition point of view, a buyer's agent is a real estate agent that works on the behalf of the buyer. So that means that there's no conflict of interest. When I'm representing you as you're the buyer and I'm the buyer's agent, I negotiate prices down. So that means I would go into a real estate agency that is selling the property, but I represent you and I come in as a buyer and really the, the real estate agents that are selling love me because they're looking for buyers. So, I walk in with a check in hand, perhaps, and say, Look, I'm ready to buy. These are my conditions. I'm looking for something large, small, on this street, not on that street, and give them the list of requirements that I have. But the reason a a selling agent loves a buyer's agent is that I'm not the emotional party. I'm the person that comes in saying, Look, I'm ready, I'm realistic, I've done my research. So there isn't that toing and froing where you might think, well, how many times do I have to go through the explanation of why something's worth something? I'm already coming in at the same level as the selling agent. I've got the open book of what's sold locally, what the comparisons are, so that we don't need to start yeah. the conversation of, let's hype this up, let's get this, you know, I'm already starting at step three or four. So we're talking about saving time and saving money. But realistically, the selling agent wants to sell, the buying agent wants to buy. So we've got two people talking business to business. And it's a lot more of a comfortable conversation, whether I'm speaking directly to an agent that has a thousand things to sell or one thing to sell. The conversation's the same. I'm the buyer. You're the seller. Makes it easy.
0: Absolutely. I'm thinking about the number of times that we've bought and sold real estate. It never occurred to me to engage a buyer's agent. But since I've met you and been doing the real estate, I'm like, why on earth didn't I know about wonderful people like Amir sooner that takes the work involved in finding the right property in the right space um, for the right price? And it takes that emotional pull out of it. You know when you go into that beautiful house that's just above your uh, price range and you really, really, really want it, but you know that it's just outside or it's not quite right, if you had someone else doing all of that for you, you would have a better outcome. Is that kind of why you went into this area, Amir?
2: Well, one of my passions, Tony, is the the hunting what you described is like finding yeah. the property that you love, and um, even when I go on holidays, I mean, I, I remember my wife and I went down to Tasmania, which is about uh, I live in Sydney, so Sydney to Tasmania is a few yes. thousand kilometres. We flew down there for a wedding, and um, during the our little um, two or three night stay there, during the night time, I, I sat down and I had a look on the computer of the local sales in the area. And, of course, I I dragged my wife across to the local real estate agency the next day, and we just had to look through the shop window. But for me, instead of shopping for shoes and hats, the thing that excites me is shopping for real estate. I guess it isn't a surprise that uh, within three weeks, when we were back in Sydney, we ended up actually making an offer on that property that we inspected, and we ended up buying it and keeping it for seven years. (laughs) So sometimes holidays just end up, you know, you might buy that shirt with a logo. Sometimes you end up buying Mm -hmm. an investment property.
0: So yeah, it's that's my yeah, passion. Yeah, I have to. Um, I have to agree. I I actually still like to buy the Saturday paper and uh, look through the real estate common uh, columns and see what's selling and what's not. And um, I like to know the prices of the properties around where I currently live. And I like to see what they're doing and and who's selling for what. Um, and I. I absolutely agree with you about that fascination about real estate. Um, what is the thing for you that you love most about investing? Is it the prospect of holding onto that investment and seeing what will happen with it? Or what is it? What's the, the thing that really excites you about investing in property? Well,
2: look, I guess there's, there's a lot of facets to investment. Um, one thing that we do in mm-hmm. 3DB3 is that we look at the, the three different realms that are involved. Some people really love yes. to get hands-on and love to, um, to do every little thing like painting the house, changing the door handles, uh, making something yeah. look 10 times better by styling, so putting new furniture in, and then putting yes. something on the market for sale. Other people look at buying mm-hmm. and holding for 15 years, 20 years, or potentially forever. Mm-hmm. And it might be yeah. the same thing of a quick paint job, change the carpets, as we were talking about before. But yeah. But that little styling and then advertising it for a tenant and being the landlord sometimes attracts other people. For me, it's a wide mm-hmm. variety. But the um, Yes. I guess that's where the nine books came from in the Where's the Beast Blueprint yeah. series where mm-hmm. I really covered so many different um, facets of property, real estate, selling and buying that I started just recording myself, just a little audio speaking to my mobile phone. And that's where the the books came from, where they're they're more of a blueprint on a step-by-step, almost like a a textbook for university. It's that higher level, not that introductory level, but the real how-to step-by-step DIY process. And uh, the passion really developed from the three different Ds, the do-it-yourself, done with you, and done for you.
0: Um I love them.
2: What my interest is, I liked each step of it, but now I'm mm-hmm. really passionate about working with people within the 3DB tree website. And people send me through yes. requests via the forms. They give me a, a rough idea of where they're at. And then are they mm-hmm. looking for a do it yourself? Are they looking for it done for you? Are they looking for them to half and half do something with me? And join forces so they can learn and on a week-by-week basis ask questions.
0: Oh, that's really exciting because um, oftentimes you find that people have to learn by themselves or learn uh, from their own mistakes, but they can learn whilst you help them with all your knowledge and um, wisdom from all your years of um, property and real estate and investing. Um, So the three Ds is part and parcel of what you do with your company now. Um, What have you learned from those Bs?
2: So from the B, where the B's blueprint formula is. um, Yes. I started off, so of the nine books, uh, we we covered the how to appeal to the vendor who isn't ready, um, how to renovate for sale, Uh, How to master short-term accommodation without becoming a part-time cleaner. It's one of my favourites. How to write an option contract, meaning how to find the correct professional to help you set up a contract for buying and selling. Uh, How to grow on LinkedIn, specifically for real estate agents. How to market using Clubhouse on both um, the Apple iOS iOS, and the, the Android platforms. Um, how yes. to monetize on Facebook, how to attract on Instagram, how to secretly grow your income in property without becoming a landlord. And oh, that's there's a lot fascinating. Of people that, oh, look, there's, there's just so many different little nuggets, little bits of truth that you can uncover with some of it can be your own experience, but mm-hmm. you don't want to mm-hmm. risk all your money on experience Because if things go wrong, you're risking a massive amount of money. So
1: sometimes it's better to
2: use somebody else's experience instead of trying to experience everything yourself. And that's where the the balance is in the 3Ds. The do-it-yourself is great on some stages. The done-for-you is Mm -hmm. great on some stages. But there are some times where you want to stick your toe in and experiment and learn about something in a safe, reliable, and secure way. So rather than doing everything yourself, or rather than paying somebody a complete fee for them to do it for mm-hmm. you, what is that middle ground? The good thing about the three yeah. different bees is that using the Where's the Bees blueprint formula, there's a way for you to step by step through it, but having the nine books that teach you along the way, yeah. whether you go 3D as a DIY, 3D as a done with mm-hmm. you, or 3D Done for you, those nine books are mm-hmm. part of each one of the three programs. But the difference is when you're doing it yourself, you're reading the books and then you're part of the Facebook um, Facebook group, right. which is a selective group yeah. that once you're in, it's a private group, it's got exclusive readership, and you're talking between other people that are interested in the same type of level. The done with you is also part of a group. But you do get a chance to every week explain what area you're interested in, meaning that if you've got an All interest right. in Sydney and you'd like to invest perhaps in something within the region that's nearby, let's say let's pick a suburb of say Palm Beach in Sydney. So that Northern yes. Beach area is your mm-hmm. vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Part of that group, everybody gets mm-hmm. a vote each week, and then that vote, whoever whichever region or suburb, gets more than one vote or several votes. Yeah. That winner for the week gets discussed in depth. Mm. So meaning that in that eight-week program, you're actually getting specific numbers. Yes. We do the research with you out of On whatever you voted for. That's right. And they're done for you. Of course, Mm -hmm. you're hiring us as a group to find something as a buyer's agent who's got a license to find something for you. Whether that buyer's agent is buying in Jerusalem or Sydney or the US or India, the the correct licensed real estate agent they'll be talking to you is the one that's licensed in that region. So in, in Israel, for example, there's a, perhaps a 15 minute drive from one area to another, but the lifestyle is completely different. So if you think about Jerusalem in uh, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem might have yes. a specific um, attraction to people buying in Australia. So perhaps somebody in mm-hmm. Israel is selling a house in Jerusalem that has a beautiful outlook, a beautiful yes. view. For somebody in Israel, that view is great, and they also think about how to drive to work from there but from an overseas investor that's in Australia but has a strong Jewish heritage wants to buy something in Israel because it attracts them from that spiritual way, then they're attracted to Mm -hmm. the Jerusalem view so that they own a piece of their history and feel that, okay, they're now buying something in the Holy Land. Same thing in Tel Aviv. There's areas of Tel Aviv that are, um, Herzliya, for example, has a great Mm industry. It's like the Silicon Valley of Israel. The high-tech companies that are working there have their offices spread. Yes. There. And so if you're working in a high-tech, uh, perhaps a, um, a venture capitalist or a, uh, a technology boom yes. area that's based in Herzliya, then you want to buy specifically to be able to work and live close to where you work. So, I mean, nobody really wants to be stuck in a traffic jam. of the the time Mm -hmm. working from home, but you want to be close enough to your office. So if you do need to meet a client or you do need to do a face-to-face, eventually, God willing, we'll be able to all do that soon. You don't need to drive. Also, you don't need to invite somebody to your bedroom to do a business presentation for them. At the end of the day, we all love working from home. When it comes time to inviting a client that's never met you before, you don't want to spend three hours cleaning the house Mm -hmm. either. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Amir, that's where your company has um, wonderful connections spread across the world. That's my understanding. So if you have an Australian um, buyer and they're, like you said, wanting to buy in Israel, you can actually drill down to where they want to be how close they want to be to whatever amenities or, or work or, or leisure that they want to be, and you can act on their behalf and purchase in Israel? Is that how it's, it works?
2: It's a great question. So in Israel, for example, I work with Mayor Glusberg. Yes. Mayor's is really well-known in Israel, and he's been in real estate for a very long time. Um, he's based mm-hmm. in Israel. So when he – now – the difference in Australia, if I want to go yeah. to Tasmania that we spoke about before, that's a flight. There's a few thousand yeah. kilometers.
1: Mm-hmm. In Israel, you can get yeah. from
2: one side to the other extreme within hours. So, Mayor Glusberg, as much as he's just in one oh, city, cool. travels through all of Israel. So, when I have a referral for somebody in Israel or an Australian yeah. buying in Israel,
1: I speak mm-hmm. to
2: Mayor Glusberg, and Mayor speaks to the customer directly. My license is for Australia, so I, I handle Sydney. Yeah. I handle New South Wales, which is yeah. the uh, state that uh, Sydney is in. But if somebody's asking me about a state outside of where I'm in, my connections within Australia go to directly somebody, obviously, who has a license for the other state we're talking to.
1: Yeah. Internationally, yeah. it's
2: the same. Connections in Florida,
1: connections in, Washington, our connections
2: in New York they have a license specifically within the state that my customer is asking about which means that there's different rules there's different contracts on a state by state and a country by country basis you'd never dream of doing everything yourself because at the end of the day no. you'll see a contract with a lot of money and even if it's the cheapest building on the street that's still not going to be a pair of shoes
1: no <laughs> um it has to be-
2: Legally, officially, and even though we've got a global reach, we speak specifically mm-hmm. to local experts. So, local experts yeah. in Tel Aviv, local experts in Beersheba, local experts in Krasaba, local local experts yeah. in. So every city has their own specialist.
0: So Amir, if Australians are looking to purchase in some somewhere like um, Israel, it's absolutely doable. Um, through your group and your connections and you can guide them through that whole process so that it becomes a little less stressful. I, the thought of buying real estate internationally, particularly at the moment when Australians can't fly, knowing that they can partner with someone like you to help them through that process must be terribly satisfying from your perspective
2: it is is very satisfying. I think a lot of it for me um, became the fact that I was in the trenches for so long. The fact that I actually did <laughs> what I preach, rather than just being academically somebody who learned how to, and then I'm trying to teach somebody else how to. Um, I guess I've been investing now for close to 29 years, <laughs> so it's uh, I've come across what? a lot wow.
1: of very fortunate people.
2: But I know in Israel, so Mayor Glusberg spoke to me about the mm-hmm. dealings he's had with Tom Baron yeah.
1: and Ofic mm-hmm. Budpur.
2: Now, these two guys in Israel have a lot of experience, specifically in Israel. But both yeah. Mayor and Tom have, a, they're English speakers as well as Hebrew speakers. So they're fluent in two languages. And Mayor's okay. lived in Canada for a while, Tom's lived in Australia for a while.
1: So sometimes yeah. you just get
2: lucky with who you come across. And my, my global outreach, so the way that I've managed to somehow land in this type of role where the connections are so widespread has come through Brent Gove. Have you heard of Brent Gove, Tony? Mm-hmm.
1: So Brent oh, I've
2: heard of the name. Yes. Yeah. Right. So Brent is a real estate agent in the U.S., and in America, he worked with one of the largest international groups there. So when Brent expanded mm-hmm. into Australia, that's, I mean, he's hes teaching, his webinars, everything is available for download. Yeah. So I don't need to wake up in the middle of the night to listen to the next Brent Gove webinar on yes, how to do yes. this. But, I mean, Brent has now grown yes, yeah. an international uh, real estate company that's spanned across the U.S., Sixteen countries. So I'm not going to list all of them, but Italy, US,
1: Israel,
2: South America, um, Hong Kong, France. So Spain, Portugal, and the list goes on. Sixteen countries. So that really gave me a lot of confidence in working internationally. Yes.
0: I was just going to say, um, I, you know, one of my dreams is to buy that snow chalet in um, Canada. And um, when I think about that, I'm thinking, but how would I know if it's in a good spot? How would I know if it's a good purchase for the size that it is? And then when you think about the styles of living between Australia and other countries, obviously the way we live in Australia is quite different from the way that they live in in Israel. And having that experience and that team behind you, you can actually give purchasers advice on we'll know that's probably a bit small for your needs or perhaps a house or an apartment perhaps this apartment is actually the equivalent of, a, of the house that you'd like. So that sort of advice I'm assuming would be invaluable in that process, particularly if you can't fly to Jerusalem say, and have a look at the property.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right there, Jenny. Um A lot of the things that I learned from a how-to analysis point of view came from Mike Gerbic yes. and Craig Peleg. Now, what... Australia has million-dollar agents. What that means is as a real Mm. estate agent who's selling, they're hitting that million-dollar amount of commissions. We're not talking about a million-dollar house, but they're earning commissions commissions of a million dollars. Mike Mm. Gerbic from the US is a billion-dollar agent. That means with a B. So that's in Australia, the market's quite small. I mean, we're less than 30 million people. In the US, you're looking at over 300 million people. So when you're looking at a larger point of view of how do I compare a chalet in Switzerland to a chalet in Canada?
0: Exactly.
2: That's more of a Mike Derbick and a Craig Peleg point of view because these are the guys that in the U.S. have done the big numbers. They've gone across Mm. different states. And just like Australia, on the East Coast and West Coast, things are so completely different. Imagine in the U.S., the 50 states, you can't compare Hawaii to Washington. Those states are no. completely different. The rules are different. The, the paperwork's different. The housing's different.
1: Yeah.
2: The, the considerations of wind, snow, um, yes. you know, all the conditions all are of different. All
0: those things.
2: So, yeah, mm. so I worked on a process and a system where I didn't need to reinvent yeah. the wheel. So I spent quite a lot yeah. of time with Craig Peleg and almost on a weekly basis. I'm learning mm-hmm. from the people that are in real estate done the selling and the buying, whether it's, you know, the US, whether it's Australia, whether it's Europe, the conditions are different. But you know what? There's three things that are absolutely the same everywhere. One of them yes. is everybody needs a roof over their heads. Yeah. Whether you're going to be renting or you're going to be buying, whether mm-hmm. you're investing in mm-hmm. condos, apartments, units, houses, Um, a house of multiple occupancies, there's different words for the same thing, but the universal Uh thing is that everybody needs shelter. So that's a universal thing. The second thing that I've learned really is that if you look at the way that the world is made up, there is Mm -hmm. not a single person that's become wealthy without owning at least one real estate property. Think about this, not 999 But 100% of people in this world have only become Mm -hmm. wealthy if they own one or more property. property. So if you're Mm -hmm. thinking that your grandchildren will always be renters and will never own the property that they live in, you are moving a property cycle forward. You're putting your children in a disadvantage. So eventually you Mm -hmm. really need to, if it's important for you, to grow wealth, if it's important for you to Mm -hmm. provide shelter, if you're no longer yes. thinking that rent is appropriate for a 100 years for your children and grandchildren, you need to break the cycle somewhere. Now, it sounds like I'm preaching, but think of it this way. No. 100% of people that have become wealthy, and I don't just mean multi-billionaires, but from an absolute minimum level of wealth, every yes. single one, 100%, has owned a property, 100%. The third thing that's a commonality is that Regardless of where you are in the world, it's Mm -hmm. not enough for you to work until you're 100 years old. Eventually, you're going to need to retire. So that's just one thing that's across the board. doesn't matter where you're living. Eventually, you just can't keep working at the same pace as you did when you were 20 or as you did when you were 60. It doesn't matter when that stage happens to you, and it's going to be different at every stage for everybody. But the one commonality is that eventually you don't want to just keep working. So your rent money is always going to be showing up for you week on, week off, week on, week off. As soon as you own, you start becoming that level where your costs start dropping down because whatever you borrowed to purchase originally in 100 years, 1,000 years, 10,000 years, you're not going to owe as much as when you first bought that. So the clock That's keeps right. running for everybody universally. So those three things yeah. of not wanting to rent forever, thinking yes. about just thinking of your, your children and your grandchildren or even yourself as mm-hmm. you grow older, and a yes. 100% of people that have bought property, or sorry, 100% of people that yes. have established has- own one or more properties. It makes it all universal. So it's not a decision of, Mm-hmm. am I going to or not going to, but it's a question of when will you. And then you find a system that, again, with the 3DB tree system, are you going to do it as a DIY, do you want to do it as a done-with-you deal, or do you want a done-for-you deal?
0: Done for it you. kind of makes the conversation a bit easier, doesn't it? I know. So, uh, Amir, behind all of that is that the fundamental belief that you believe that everyone has a pathway to real estate Real estate ownership, and you have different pathways for different people to get themselves into real estate because of all the investing in real estate that you've done. So, even when you hear on the news, for instance, that young people will never be able to afford their own home, I don't agree with that. And obviously, you don't agree with that either because there are ways and means in which you can start out on the real, et- real estate pathway and get in there and start owning your piece of real estate. There's multiple different ways to do that, isn't there?
1: So look. I, I want to put this in in a very simple way. Yes.
2: Not everybody's born the same way. So some people are disadvantaged, some people are born with an advantage. Yes. If you are born in a family where you're struggling just to put food on your table, then your first thought isn't going to be, well, let's put aside $10,000 or $100,000 so that you can buy property. I'm not saying that at all because everybody starts in a different position. But the way that I started with $5,000 and moved to a large property portfolio was not necessarily in having a large deposit or being spoon-fed or somebody giving me a uh, a presidential sum of money to start things off. There's always a service from your time and the money you can offer. Now, what happens if somebody doesn't have the skill set or the mindset or the intelligence to offer to be the builder for somebody, or physically doesn't have the strength to be the renovator for somebody. Because let's talk about this realistically. What we're talking about is swapping time for money. So if you say to somebody, look, you help me, we'll go into partnership, I'll do the painting, you buy the house, you provide the money, not everybody can be a good painter, not everybody can be a good builder. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. But Mm. everybody's got the skill set to either ask for help from somebody who's done it before through a do-it-yourself yes. system or a do-it-with you or a do-it-for-you.
1: But don't where you are from the start
2: doesn't determine where you end up. If you're no. in if you're fortunate enough to be born into any family that cares for you, or if mm-hmm. over the lifetime that you've had so far you're fortunate enough to make friends, you'll find that somebody from your friends or your family or yourself has enough skill to be able to read the book, and it's available for audiobook Mm. or a book to read. So if you're – I was speaking to a Jamaican that interviewed me on the NDIS system, the the system that Australia has for helping Uh, people who mm -hmm. are less fortunate from a disability point of view. And the question was, well, in Australia you've got a great system for somebody who's visually impaired or somebody who has a hearing problem. So we covered through that, I think it was around a 45-minute interview, what we can do to retrofit a house. How do you set up a house so that if your vendor or your tenant who's going to be living there has a sight issue? Is
0: in a wheelchair or
2: Exactly, in a wheelchair or has sight issues or has hearing issues, how do we make it easier yeah. for somebody to still have the roof over their heads? And that's the same thing with the DIY. Yeah. If you're going to learn, and you yes. have the willingness to learn, then you can listen to the books, you can read the books. There's always subtitles, there's always, I mean, there, I'm not going to go step by step through everything, but yes, if you have the wish and you have the goal and you follow somebody who's done it before then no matter yeah. where you're starting from you can follow the step by step to get there at the end if your yeah. um if your starting position of weakness is that you don't have a massive deposit or if your starting position of weakness is that you don't have massive amounts of time or if your starting position of mm-hmm. weakness is you just don't have the skill set or the experience we have the answer to uh-huh. that just go into the 3DB tree and that website. It has a good form for it's you to fill great in. great website. It doesn't have a lot of information. You're not flooded with too much data. No. I want to know how we can help you. So have a look at the 3D, 3DB tree.com.au website.
0: .com.au. Uh,
2: That's right. 3DB au. Type in your questions they there. They
0: can ask you. Anything, can't they, Amir, in relation well, to real estate, of course. But in
1: relation to real estate. <laughs> you're
0: open to all sorts of questions about real estate. Um, What a wonderful offer for the listeners today. And anyone who's watching this, jump onto Amir's website, 3dbtree.com.au. That'll be in the chat box for those listening online. And um, we'll repeat it again before the end of the show. But Amir loves your your questions, and um, we'll readily have an answer for you about whatever it is that you need to know. But also on that website, there's access to that whole series of books, and they're great. I was on there earlier today, and there's fan, they're fantastic. So I encourage you, if you want just to know a place to start, then jump on and have a look at the books and see which one fits with where you're at, and then ask Amir the questions. I mean, I want to talk about your um, real estate portfolio. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you, obviously you're an Australian and obviously you like investing in Australia, but what other country have you found that was a really enjoyable place to have a property?
2: So I'll cover this with a disclaimer first. So all of this is uh, is general information only and may or may not suit your details. So seek financial advice and real estate advice from an expert in your Come local state. Or country. Um, so, but to answer your question, Tony, I found that the real we were talking before about the commonality in everywhere in the world. Yeah, yes. The yes. way that I look at commonality is where are people actually working? Because to afford to pay rent on an investment property means that there must be a mm-hmm. job that's available in the area. So I might love the Gobi Desert in Australia. It might be a beautiful place yes. to see the entire <laughs> sky at night without a cloud, put the telescope up and the camera and see this incredible yeah. sky, uh, I mean the, mm-hmm. the Milky Way, every star that you can see with the naked eye or telescope, but mm. I wouldn't invest there. Why? Because <laughs> there's no jobs there. So I called, that's where I came up with the where's the bee's blueprint. There has to be worker mm. bees. If you have bees yeah. that are buzzing around, doing jobs, manufacturing, even if it has great internet connection and there's a call center because the internet is so strong, that means that you've yeah. got worker bees that are in the area. Yeah. And the Where's the Bees blueprint says, okay, this is how you research. That's what the bees stands for. So when I go into, mm. I into the Where's the Bees Blueprint, through the the um, the do-it-yourself and do it with you and do it for your system, the system yep. looks at B, E, E, S. So the E in mm-hmm. Bs, right? So the, the B is, sorry, the E in Bs is yes. employment. <laughs> yes. So the employment part of the E is when I research an area, I look at mm-hmm. how many jobs It's no good just having an infrastructure that they're building a bridge and the government's paying for it and in two years' time, the bridge will be finished.
1: Yeah. That's right.
2: Long-term. So on the employment side of the B-E-E-S, the E is long-term jobs that have sustainability and enough flexibility so it's not just one style of job. I mean, one of the scariest things was investing in an area with mines. So if you think of... Coal mines.
1: If you open a
2: mine and you work there, mm-hmm. that might work for five years or ten years until it's politically yes. bad to be doing dirty energy and everybody's moving towards clean energy. So what happens if the government okay. or the locals vote against having a coal mine in your area? I'd never invest in an area that only has one style of infrastructure, one style of employment. So the E in the Righted B. Boss is what type of jobs are there and are they wide enough to be able to sustain an ongoing income in that area? So some of the beautiful places mm-hmm. that i found in remote locations have jobs. So let me take Poland as an example. Poland being yes. in the middle of for many years, as yes. even before it joined the EU, but for many years, Poland has been pre-manufacturing, pre-fabricating steel as well as building, prefabricated buildings for London and for some of the other countries and cities around Europe. So having an industrious area, and and Poland is quite a large country, so not every city in Poland is as good to invest in as other cities in Poland. And this is what I mean with this is general advice only and you need to do your research. Um, Take
1: Poland, for example. So
2: Poland has been manufacturing steel and changing the raw material into hanging and shelving uh, products. They've internationally exported the finished product from Poland. The finished housing has been internationally transferred via trucks, via trains, but all over Europe and sometimes overseas to other continents as well. So if you work out where a good industry is, whether it's Poland or somewhere else in the world, You'll find uh-huh. that any
1: part of the bees' formula can be used for your benefit.
0: What a great formula, Amir.
1: I love your questions, Tony.
0: I just I, <laughs> You've just reinvigorated my love of all things real estate and my poor brain's going, ask me this, ask me that, ask me this it's just really going into overdrive but what i've really learned is that you have these amazing systems to help lots and lots of people across the world to get into real estate um any in a number of ways and you have the connections across the planet to assist you in this endeavor um i yeah i just i'm thinking about you know uh different places over the world that I've been and visited and, and thought, oh gosh, wouldn't it be nice to have a little chalet here or a little home here? Or I uh, wouldn't it be nice to summer here or winter there. And and you've actually spurred my imagination to think that is entirely doable with a company like yours. It's entirely doable from Australia to have international real estate and have the experts help you do that. I mean, just quickly, have you um, worked with clients that have bought a a do-it-yourself project in another country whilst living in Australia?
1: So um, I'll cover this. I'll cover this in a few different languages, if I may, Tony. Absolutely.
2: So from an investment in Israel point of view, I work with, with Mayer, who's based in Israel. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the quick answer is that we, we just started a week ago a new part of the company, which is specialising in, exactly what you're saying, international investors. I'll cover this in three languages because in Israel, a lot of people do speak English. A lot of speak people yeah. speak Hebrew and a lot of sp- people, yeah. ah, my tongue is twisting already and I haven't even started on my second language. <laughs> a, lot people, a lot of Israelis speak Russian, English and Hebrew. So, I had a great session with Mayor, and we covered some of the most common words that I'm going to get asked if I do a Zoom like with you. And I'd love to test this out on the international platform, if I may.
1: Absolutely.
2: So the first word that Mayor taught me is the word for realtors. In other words, what Australians call real estate agents and Americans call real estate brokers or realtors. realtors.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In Hebrew, it's, and excuse my pronunciation,
1: mitvachim be-mekarkian. Sounds good. In in Russian, it's reeltori, which sounds like real to me. Yes, it does, yes.
2: I asked Mayor for the translation of B-tree because the 3Ds that we covered about the DIY, BWY yes. and BFY is the 3Ds. So yes. the website 3D yes. B-tree
1: translates to 3D ets dvorah, ets d'bora, which is ple, le no, that's all right. Chelinoya, yeah, derevo, which is uh, a bee yeah. tree. DIY,
2: do wow. yourself is ase be'am which is do it yourself in Hebrew, and which is do it yourself in Russian. DIY was <laughs> na'ase itcha,
1: na'ase itcha, done with you in Hebrew, and s'avoy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not butchering this too much, but it's so much fun to say.
0: It sounds pretty good. I, <laughs> they are fun, aren't they?
2: D F Y done for you, is na'ase <laughs> beshvilcha, which in Russian is uh-huh. la tibia tibia sorry uh-huh. la tibia. Uh-huh. now from a um a, a talking point when you're talking to somebody and I'm explaining what I would do for them, the question always comes yes. back to well what 's in it for me, why should I trust you? Who are you? What should I listen to you? Is this a good time? Why now? So I've covered some of those questions. Yeah. But, of course, in, in Hebrew and in Russian, I'm going to cover them so that, first of all, Tony, you can put this in your hashtags later on. <laughs> so yeah. when we're we doing this, as a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, this will be a great way for us to put it in multiple languages. So I love that bit of it. Yes. But here is the what will you get out of it. In other words, what's in it for you? In Hebrew, is.
1: Yeah. Ma itzel
2: lachem mise. Ma itzel lchem mise. In Russian, that's. Что вы от ЕПВ
1: получите? Что вы от ЕГУ получите? Получите. Wow, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody's thinking is think really doing star. a very good job. I tell you what, this.
2: Tongue twisters are great, but the uh, from a real estate point of view, when I'm training a real estate agent and they're coming across to work with us because we use local agents, so even though I'm a global com- com- company, I'm looking for a global yeah. real estate agent who's got a global reach but a local knowledge. If I was reaching yes. somebody in Israel who's already a real estate agent in Israel or a Russian-speaking mm-hmm. real agent so that I can cover both English speakers, Russian speakers, and Hebrew speakers, they would yes, ask me, "What fantastic
0: well, idea! work
2: for your company instead of staying at the company I'm at? So the question is, yeah. why
1: should I move now?
2: Which is, lama la'avor In Russian, it's,
1: "Zachem Berejat pere, Zachem? Yeah.
2: Is, why to come over now? And of course, everybody wants to know how much money they're going to make out of it. So, what's the split? What's the commission split? How much does each person get? Yeah. Which is. And in Russian. And what are the fees? So, when somebody's working for themselves, especially if they're running their own business and they're responsible for the finances. They want to know what the fees are to run the business. So in Hebrew, what are the costs or what are the fees is ma'hem yeah.
1: ha'aluyot. Sorry, aluyot. Ma'hem ha'aluyot. Or in uh-huh. Russian, zatratye. Oh, I like
0: z- that one. I like that one.
1: You like that one?
0: Because I do. really...
2: Well, the questions everywhere around the world are going to be very similar.
1: Yes. What does it cost yeah, me yeah. absolutely. $20? What's in it for me?
2: Why now? Why should I come over to your company? Yeah. And, I mean, Mayor Gwizberg yes. has been really great at answering those questions in Israel because regardless in Israel whether you're investing in Tel Aviv, in Hodosharon, in uh, Herzliya, in um, yeah. Saba, in um, yeah, in Ezzat. Uh, every area has its own speciality, but everywhere in Israel is Mm. joinable by by drive. You can really drive from one part of Israel to the other.
0: I never thought of it like that, Amir. That's amazing to know. Um, Just so you know, we're down to the last minute, and I don't want to cut you off because I'm having so much fun. Our one takeaway for the audience this afternoon, Amir and I are hoping to do some more shows together, so don't think you've heard the last of us, but Amir, what is the one thing you want to leave with the audience this afternoon besides the fact that uh, real estate across the world is doable nowadays? Go for it.
2: So 3DB tree, why did I come up with a tree? The, I guess the thing is that, yes, we are all interconnected, we all have roots somewhere from an ancestry point of view but my name amir in hebrew actually means the top of a tree so there's a lot of different amir in different languages means great things everywhere so in arabic it's got one meaning in indian it's got a different meaning in hebrew it's got a different meaning but they're all good meanings so my parents actually came up with two different lists and compared them and amir was on both lists so,
1: oh. the, star,
2: the 3D B tree, of course, the B is from the Where's the Bee's Blueprint. The 3D yes. is the DIY, do it yourself.
0: Yeah, the three systems.
2: Done, with you, done for you. But the 3D B tree was born out of a lot of experience, but also the fact yeah. that
0: we're all, we all
2: have a lot of commonality. We've all got some sort of common ancestry. And we've learned so much in the last 12 to 18 months where some of us have been locked at home, some of us have just started using computers for the first time and learned about Zoom and Skype and how we can all see each other with videos. Before, it was largely face-to-face or phone calls. Now the isolation has become so much more global that we've reversed it. And instead of isolation, we're now a lot more connected than we ever were
1: before.
2: Connected use it. Use the the opportunity that's now come out of it because your kids, your children. Connect
1: across the world.
2: What did you do when everything changed? This is one of these global things that's really once every 100 years things change dramatically. Use this opportunity to grow grow your family, grow your connections, grow your friends and grow your business. For the first time in hundreds of years, we've got a brand new revolution that isn't driven just from one direction, but we are all doing things in our own little realm where we can all help each other, whether it's investing in property, family fortunes, or just getting to know people who you've never had contact with before. The hashtags have been growing because there's so much commonality, but there's a couple of things that just
1: everybody needs.
2: One of them is shelter, health, wealth, shelter, it all comes from one joint thing.
1: We're all humans.
0: Amir, Michelle, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's been a wonderful session and I can't wait to do more with you soon. I've got loads more questions to ask you. Please, audience, thank you, Amir, for being on Radio Tony Everyday Business this afternoon. I certainly appreciate his time and effort this afternoon. We look forward to bringing you some more series hopefully in the future. Um, Thank you, Amir. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge and sharing with the Radio Tony the audience. Goodbye, everyone. That's your lot for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Thanks and bye for now.
1: we